Good evening. What's the highlight of the week? Thank you for joining us again tonight. This is MIT Podcast. MIT stands for Mindset into Transformation. I am Benjamin Huang, your host tonight. Here we have conversation with people who have done extraordinary things in their life. We discuss their story of success and the mindset drive them into achieving the impossible. Commercial real estate is an area many real estate investors hesitate to step into. Our guest today has extensive experience on commercial real estate. He's a contributor to Bigger Pocket and Fox Business. He's an author of The Perfect Investment, Create Enduring Wealth from the Historic uh, Shift to Multifamily Housing. Uh, he also is a co-host. Uh, uh, oh, he, he also co-hosts a wealth building podcast called How to Lose Money. And he's been a, a featured guest on 250 plus other podcasts, including The Bigger Pocket and The Real Estate Guys podcast. Our special guest today is the founder and managing partners of Wellington uh, uh, Wellington Capitals, Paul Moore. He is not only a real estate investor, but also a great teacher. First time I met Mr. Moore, he was the moderator of a commercial real estate panel. With the 15-minute sessions, I learned a lot from him and recognized he is guiding the conversation in a way that really keeps uh, beginners um, in the content that they can understand the world of commercial real estate. It's really my true uh, pleasure to welcome Mr. Moore to our podcast. Thank you for coming into our show. How are you today? Benjamin, I'm great. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you. It was great to meet you at Bigger Pockets in San Diego last month. Awesome, awesome. Yes, it's it's really uh, great to be able to connect with you. Um, to uh, give a little background information to our audience, uh, can you give us a high level, you know, uh, uh, introduction on, on what you have done and and what you yeah. start starting with and how 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 the world lead you to your current um, position. Yeah, so uh, I worked at I had an engineering degree and an MBA and I went to Ford Motor Company and I found out that I was an entrepreneur at heart. So my buddy and I quit and we started uh, a new company and five years later I was able to sell it to a public firm. And I moved my family to the mountains of Virginia and I started uh, a nonprofit organization and I thought I'm a full-time investor now. And I thought I was pretty cool. And then I realized years later, Benjamin, I wasn't a full-time investor at all. I was more of a full-time speculator because I didn't know the difference between investing and speculating. You know, investing is when your principal is generally safe. And you've got a chance to make a return and speculating is when your principal is totally at risk and you've got a chance to make a return. And, you know, I found out that the people who build enduring wealth over decades and, you know, even longer are usually investors, not speculators. And of course, we love to hear those stories about those people who, you know, the guy who invested 100,000 in Google and it's worth millions or billion now or whatever, or the, you know, the guy, the, the family who invested all 340,000 in Amazon, that's worth, you know, billions now, but that's not the norm. And Warren Buffett has taught us that a lot of other great investors have taught us this. So anyway, I got involved in all kinds of residential real estate. I flipped houses. I flipped waterfront lots at a, a lake in Virginia. I did uh, real estate brokerage, had a team. I did an online uh, real estate stuff. 
And I always wondered how to get involved in commercial real estate, but I didn't know where the on-ramp was. I didn't know who to trust. I didn't know how to overcome the barriers to entry. And there's a lot of them we can talk about, but I finally figured all that out. And so I've been in commercial real estate for the last 11 years. And so uh, glad again to be on your show today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for a kind word. And there are a lot of things that you have done. And I, I really like uh, you point out that you notice the difference between the investing and speculating. Um, and you, you said the key, key difference is one, you're risking your principal, the other one is not. Uh, what, like, how did you find out the, the difference? Like, is there a, a, a challenge or a failure that, that uh, make you aware of the difference? And, and, and how would you recommend, you know, pe- like newer people to really identify or distinguish the, the, the difference? Yeah, there's so many things I could say about this, but I mean, Warren Buffett and Charlie, uh, Charlie Munger and Howard Marks talk about staying in your circle of confidence staying really, really focused on what you know best and outsourcing almost everything else. And that can be true inside a business, but it can be true for the business itself. So Gary Keller and Jay Papazon have the famous book we all love called The One Thing. And in that book, they talk about staying focused, staying in your lane. I was thinking about Michael Phelps, you know, and and lots of other athletes as well. But Michael Phelps, you know, imagine he would have decided if he wanted to get 27 medals in the Olympics, he might have as a kid said, well, I need to learn to shot put and high jump and javelin and, you know, uh, long, you know, all these different 400 meter, 800 meter runs and swimming and all that. He ne- we never would have heard of him, but he stayed extremely focused on one thing. And that one thing, you know, got him 27 medals in the Olympics. And in the same way we need to stay in our circle of competence and we need to invest only when it makes sense there or outsource it to people who know how to do that best and i found as i look back over the years i invested in all kinds of things i knew nothing about because they gave me a charge i call it entrepreneurial investing it's when i want to get the same excitement out of being an investor that i did in the past about being an entrepreneur but paul samuelson was the first uh, Nobel Peace Prize winner from the United States in economics. And he said, investing should be boring. It should be like watching paint dry or watching grass grow. He said, if you want excitement, take $800 and go to Las Vegas. And so I look back over a lot of my investments and realized I didn't treat it that way. I didn't treat it as boring. I treated it as something like, ooh, this you know, like a shiny object chaser. And I hate that now. I'm my company. We are focused on being the opposite. I document a lot of this in my podcast over the years called how to lose money. Wow. Wow. Amazing. So, um, you recognize that, um, you know, the, the, uh, like when you're doing in, in investing, being boring is a, is a norm, right? And, um, uh, of course, you need to figure out a model or a specific zone that you understand well, and you can operate well. You can, of course, make profit out of it, and then stay in the zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, for newer investor um, that you know, many of, of our audience are listening. How would you recommend them to really find their find their specific niche, specific zone, and stay focused? 
Yeah. And so I, I would say this, I mean, it's really critical that you look at, you know, something called convergence. There's a guy called named Dr. Lance Wallnow, and he talks about convergence. And this is where you look back over your life, often when you're a little older and you say, okay, where did I fail? Where did I go wrong? What did I hate? What did I dislike? What did I not do well at? Look at the, all that stuff and then look at your strengths. What, what am I good at? What did I do well at? Where did I succeed? Where did I find happiness and joy and success? And then convergence is when you look at all that and then you look at your training and your education and your connections and you say, oh, here's the obvious fit. This where is where I could get joy and I could help the most people. And so honestly, uh, a lot of people find that their greatest joy comes in something they've gotten really, really good at. I mean, honestly, when I was trying to learn to play guitar and sounding horrible, it wasn't that much fun. But when I got really good at playing bass, actually, it was a lot more fun. And so it could be something you just have a lot of training in. And um, that's what you could bring to the world. That's that's kind of my overview thought on it. What do you think? Awesome. Well, I I, I love the uh, the analogy on right the playing guitar, playing ba uh, bass. You know, it it um, I I think the frustration always got to people who get into you know a new space. Um, yeah. You know, you know that very well right because you're you're in, uh, initially you're in engineering background when you get into real estate it's a it's brand new to you um, a lot of our our um, uh, audience they are newer real estate investor and they want to consider themselves investor right so they got to learn and really understand what's investing mean um, many of them are stuck in real uh, I mean residential real estate and are thinking about getting into commercial real estate um, can you name a few of the advantage of commercial real estate comparing to residential and then give uh, advice to younger generations on, um, you know, how to get from re residential to commercial? Yeah. So one big change, one big difference is residential real estate is based on comps and commercial real estate isn't. So if I, you know, uh, my son and I flipped a house once and we bought a house for $115,000 and we ended up putting a lot of money into it. We finished the basement and we, you know, we put up new fencing and we put up new, you know, we did new fixtures. We did all kinds of things just to put this house over the top. Now I wasn't really fully focused on this. I was working on my business and my son was running with it. We spent more, far more money on this than the comps would dictate. Now I'm not going to use a real example. I'm going to use a extreme example just to make a point here, but let's say we bought that house for 115 and we added 300,000 in updates to it. Okay. Now we need to sell it for at least 450 just to break even or make a profit. But let's say the neighborhood only supported a $250,000 house. Well, now the comps would keep that down and we wouldn't be able to sell it for a profit. Mm -hmm. Um, in commercial real estate, we are, our, our values are driven by a formula, math formula. Of course, you know what it is. And the value of the property is the net operating income divided by the rate of return, the unleveraged rate of return, which we'll call the cap rate. 
or the capitalization rate. Mm -hmm. And so that value formula means that we have control to a great extent over the value of that property. We can force appreciation by increasing the net operating income. Now we can't really change the cap rate, although there are some things we can do to impact it. We can't in a big way change it. And that's how it is kind of similar to the comps in the residential example, by the way. But I really think that we have a lot more control and the fact that we can get a lot more scale in commercial real estate. Uh, residential real estate investors, my mentor, uh, actually had 105 single family homes all over two different cities. And he said, you know, I mean, it was 105 different roofs and, you know, 210 or more different toilets. And it was all kinds of stuff under all these different, you know, locations. But he said, if I, you know, had 105 units in an apartment building all in one spot, it's just much easier to manage much more scalable, much more. There's just so many benefits to commercial real estate, but there's a big problem. And that is how do you get in? Historically, the wealthy, the connected, the high net worth, you know, people for hundreds of years, probably thousands have been the ones to own commercial real estate, cash flowing real estate. And I want to also mention that, that, you know, I think a really good investment is not one, you know, like I think what is true wealth? Well, it's not having a mansion or a flashy car or a boat or whatever, although those might be symbols of wealth. True wealth itself is having assets that generate cash flow. Warren Buffett said that if we can't, if we don't find a way to make money while we sleep, we'll have to work until we die. Right. And so having assets that generate cash flow, that could include residential, but in most all cases, it includes commercial real estate. The problem with commercial, like I said, is, you know, brokers won't talk to you unless you have high net worth. Unless you have, you know, bankers won't talk to you unless you have liquidity and high net worth. Mm -hmm. uh, bankers and sellers won't, you know, and brokers won't give you an audience unless you have experience, unless you can prove you're able to close, get the loan, get the equity, et cetera. And so there's a lot of barriers to entry to keep people like us out. And so the question is, how do we get in? And I found, you know, I had an example of this. I called a broker once when I was brand new in commercial real estate. And I said, hey, my company, and we were serious, wants to make an $8.5 million offer on your 2.2 acres in the Texas Medical Center. That was right there in Houston. And we wanted to build a Hyatt Hotel on half of it. And we wanted to sell the other half. And it was a full price offer. The broker never got back with us. I couldn't believe it. I was appalled. And I was thinking, isn't there some law that they have to present the offer to the owner? No, there's not. Not in commercial real estate. If they don't think that you're going to put gas in their BMW and food on their table, they don't have to present the offer. They didn't know who we were and they could tell I was a newbie on the phone. Well, anyway, uh, years later, I found out that there were you know, uh, over the years, I've, I've realized there are about seven different unique paths to get from wherever you are, residential real estate or wherever, into commercial real estate.